grab a cold one, heat up those wings, and get ready to fire up your engines. Fire up your engines. It's Fanside on RaceCanada.world. RaceCanada.world. With your hosts, Cam K and Graydon Bunn. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Fanside on RaceCanada.world and on YouTube. We are so excited to bring in Canada's pit reporter. Um, I've known him uh, for so many years watching motorsports. He's also a pit reporter for the NASCAR Pindy Series. You've actually uh, heard him in the booth for the Indy, uh, the Road to Indy Series last year. And he is a host of a brand new show on Rev TV Canada called Rev Culture TV. Todd Lewis is on Fanside. Todd, welcome. We are so glad to have you. Uh, thanks for the great intro and the big buildup. I hope I can I live up to those expectations. But it's it's nice to talk to you guys. Always nice to talk to race fans, especially in the off season. Gives us a little little something to look forward to. And that's the name of the game, right? It's it's been a very 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 <laughs> long off season. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about kind of uh, you know your past and and uh, obviously the show. Um, but let's go back and talk about twenty twenty. Uh, sure. It's a very odd year for racing. And I, I want to put this kind of in perspective, hopefully, and hopefully you can help me help us do that. Racing in Canada is not what it is in the United States. Uh, it's, it's very different. Hockey is Canada's thing. Um, what do you think the effect of 2020 and the COVID pandemic had on racing in Canada specifically? And do you think it hurts 2021? I think the impact is going to be felt for a period of time going forward, just because we're still in an uncertain time as to when the we'll be on top of the pandemic, whether it's through vaccines and the like, it's going to take time for people to become vaccinated. It's going to take time for people to become comfortable going out in large groups and gatherings and in public again. The, the good news is that, we did get some racing last year in 2020. There were some events. Some events had to be held without a crowd, without fans allowed, but there was some racing. There were events as well across Canada that were able to hold spectators, whether it's out on the East Coast. I did some work last year and I will be again this year for the Avion RS1 series that runs in British Columbia and they're running in Saskatoon this year. They were able to hold hold their events, some they had to have without fans, but their business model works with that. So it's it's hopefully going to continue to move in the in the right direction that we're going to be able to, mm -hmm. to do that. The good news is there seemed to be some willingness to allow golf courses to open up because they're outside and you can distance. Well, you can do the same thing at racetracks too. So yes. let's let's hopefully see more of that happening this yeah. year if people are are smart if they're responsible i was working at a number of events that did have crowds mm -hmm. everybody understood the the process and worked through it pretty smoothly so I, I i always remain hopeful so i still am that we'll have better and bigger crowds this summer awesome that's that's what we wanted to hear that was the answer we were hoping for <laughs> yeah. and we've kind of talked about this uh with some of your colleagues that we've had on the show too uh 2020 is uh, uh was kind of a good test session for a lot of things and even in 2019 uh, like going to to Wyant group and and splitting that race into a double header but 2020 was uh was largely was all double headers mm -hmm. uh but uh like the 
the one and done sort of race day, uh, bring, come in, get it done and go back out type thing. Uh, so if, if there is anything good about this, there's maybe, uh, finding ways to trim expenses, which, uh, is obviously such a huge thing to, to race teams, particularly like Cam said with Canadian race teams where, uh, a, a racer's budget, uh, it goes right into the race program and probably very little else. That's, that's true. It's, it's, it's sometimes you're forced to find new ways to do things. And mm -hmm. this of course has forced everybody to find new ways to do just about everything. But yeah. this was last year in the Pinty series, we were presented with, okay, we can, we can run these events. They're double headers. The, the teams are spaced further apart. Unfortunately, we weren't allowed to, to have fans in, but here's what we can do. What can we learn from this going forward? Well, double headers, I, I think everybody really liked them on in Definitely. terms of the teams and the drivers right. they made for for great television as well which is which is good because that's kind of my business and <laughs> it's it um it it sort of thought yeah we can we can do this and maybe we need to maybe we need to explore this as a real opportunity to do more double headers with the with the Pinty's teams that and maybe it's not even necessarily one day but you could do uh, a different kind of double header by doing one race at two different tracks if they're in close enough proximity is another thing that's been talked about. Oh, right. So let's explore all the opportunities to to do different things. And again, it's it's about creating a uh, creating a product that people want to see and want to consume. And if this is something that that fans are going to enjoy, then let's let's be open to all the ideas. Yeah, I, I definitely I think that you know I think all businesses I think. You know, my, my workplace has, you know, they've had to completely restructure their things from working, uh, being in the financial district, you know, being in an office with 200, 300 people, all of a sudden mm -hmm. you can't do that anymore, right? So with racing, it's, I would imagine the same, same thing as you had a pit, you know, you had the inside, the infield full of people, right? Well, now if you can't do that anymore, hopefully, yeah, there are you know, ways to do that. Um, let's, let's continue on this, on this conversation because we did have a season last year and it was a really good season. Yeah. It was only three weekends, but the racing still uh, phenomenal in the NASCAR Pinty series. We went to some new tracks, uh, Flamborough, we returned to sunset and then wrapped it up at Chukasa. Um, of those, those tracks, obviously, um, you know, obviously they all put on a great show. But is there a race that stands out to you from last year that was, you know what, this was an awesome one? It's it's a bit of a Sophie's choice to try to pick your your favorite. <laughs> it was uh, it was it was really interesting once it, at the at the first weekend of the year when we got uh, going because it looked like okay, it looks like Jason's going to be all right. It looks like Jason Hathaway is going to be be okay. And it's like oh. Oh, there's that 74 car. Oh, look, look, he's really, he's catching him. He's going to go, oh, he's turning him around and he's not going to win the first race. Okay. And, and it was, it was interesting. And there's like, okay, it's on. This is not, everybody realizes it's a short season. It's, we're, we're not easing into this by any stretch of the imagination. No, it's on right from the beginning. And every position was, was hard fought. There's, there's a little bumping, there's a little grinding. I'm good with that. That's stock car racing. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's okay. It's okay by me. So it was, and I guess that was the part that really I noticed as much as anything is that it was really intense 
right away. And I think part of that was because we had such an extended off season. There was, there was so much anticipation of, are we going to go? Are we going to go? Are we going to go? And we finally did. And it was just, you know, release the hounds and everybody was, uh, <laughs> everybody was off. And it was, it was fun to see right away. Yeah. It must've been, uh, uh, as you said, there was so much, uh, uh, build up to it uh it was such a long time coming uh uh at least from the fan perspective too that we didn't know what was going to be uh if there was going to be any sort of season and then the news broke that there was and then as you said release the hounds and uh uh joel said when he was on here and and kevin also which was great to have him on the show as well to explain where where a racer's mind is when uh when those things happen that was that was great to to talk to kevin about and uh and really get the perspective of in the helmet they have long memories about what happened previously it could be from a previous race could be from the previous season could go back even further than that which was mm-hmm. the case with with kevin lacroix and uh and jason hathaway it was just you know what there was a race a couple of years ago on the east coast that i thought you know i was i was wronged so it's like all right you you remember that you carry it forward it's the you know i guess it's the principle the same principle that they have in hockey where you know take a number and remember it that's it's going to come up again or the, the the play will circle around again and you'll have the opportunity to 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 remember and take advantage of it but they they have long memories they and i th- i think that's one of the things i admire about them and why i enjoy the sport so much is that they they're they're so keenly focused on on big details like whether it's a, an incident from two or three seasons previously, or small minor things that they notice they pick up on. And that's, that's what makes the difference. That's the difference between winning and losing. Sometimes it's just, it's a small little thing, a small little something that you've done differently, or you found a better way around. If your line is adjusted by uh, a couple of centimeters, one way or the other, maybe that makes the difference in how you're getting around the corner. And it, it is that close, the scrutiny that they put their themselves under as much as anything. Yeah. And <laughs> sorry. sorry. Everybody all at once. <laughs> um it's uh it's kind of like a family atmosphere in terms of like they're around each other race to race um and and season to season so they kind of figure out things about each other and then and it's a matter of adjusting on the car and getting mm-hmm. them working to the best of of theirs and their team's ability. Uh, so it's, it's kind of a family atmosphere that way, uh, that they fight like family too. That's um, exactly it. You're, I mean, it, you know, if you have brothers and sisters or, or, or cousins or, or whatever, you, you get along great and you love the family time or whatever. But if you're, if you're competing in a game, if you're competing in a sport and stuff, it gets a little intense sometimes. And sometimes that the, uh, the, the intensity and the adrenaline get ramped up and, and it's like, Oh, okay, this is, this is serious. It is, it's on, but it's the same thing that it's your family in the sense too that if you're if you're having a problem if you're having a tough day that you know someone will walk by and say you're all right everything's going to be okay you'll if and if you need something they'll be the first one the the one that's so as competitive with you as anybody else they'll be the first one to say yeah i got that i can help you out no problem it's just it's just it's quietly done and efficiently and they'll and they'll fight you tooth and nail once you do get back out on the racetrack yeah it I think what we can definitely say about uh, the Canadians is they don't race uh, 
without their emotions. Uh, definitely uh, very, very uh, opinionated after races. They definitely will show their emotion after races. You've seen a lot being in the pits. Uh, can you speak on one or two skirmishes down there that got really tested? <laughs> I mean, we've seen we've seen you know Jeff Gordon with uh, with Brad Keselowski how that got so intense, and you can see all the pit reporters are being pushed all over the place. So, is there one out there or a couple out there that you can speak of back cast car if it's Penny Series, IndyCar, whatever? Uh, yeah, well, there's there's usually uh, a few. There's um, there, it's it's not so much that it's uh, it, it's a confrontation and and fists are thrown or whatever. Although that does happen, <clears throat> excuse me, that does happen occasionally when you know emotions get uh, get so high. A couple of years ago, uh, uh, Caden Lapsovich punted two or three players uh, out of the way to uh <clears throat> excuse me to um to go on and win at jucasa one of them was dj kennington and he had a car to win that night and he came over and didn't say congratulations but expressed his displeasure <laughs> after the race and and understandably so because you know caden was using the cow catcher on front and he was pushing guys out of the way it was just i'm i'm going through and i'm going to win this race because it's you know he felt it was important to him and again that's fine but racers have long long memories and there are times after after a race. There was the uh, the year of Andrew Ranger and Kerry Mix at the Grand Prix Trois Rivières, yes. where yeah. Mixy. I think they still use the photo of, of Mixy going across the the hood of Ranger's car, and it's yeah. it's up in the air. The two of them are forming an A shape. I think they yeah. still use that photo as part of their their promotional. Well. They had words, we'll say afterwards, part, <laughs> partly in English, partly in French, at um, at GP3R, and I and I was standing in between them to to interview the winner of the race, and it was just, it's very tense sometimes. But again, after a few minutes, it's you know the next weekend or whatever, they'll they'll pass each other, they'll talk, they'll you know they'll laugh and they'll joke about it too. But that's that isn't that what we we crave and what we want in oh. in motorsports or everything is you want the passion you want the emotion that's that's why they get into it that's why they mm. that's why they devote their their life to it that's why they put so many hours in through the week work their regular job for you know 40 50 60 hours a week put in just as many hours to to prepare the car get ready for the weekend so many of the the members on the pinty series teams they're volunteers they don't get paid they you know they'll get lunch bought for them they'll they'll if they have to travel to a race their their travel costs will be covered but they give their time they give of themselves and they give their their emotions that's what that's one of the things I like so much about working pit lane and why I've done it for so many years, because I've, I've, I've done the, the, the race call and different series and, and some PA announcing and stuff, but you're not in the middle of what's going on during the race. It's not always the best place to watch, but you <laughs> see what's happening and you feel what's happening. And just the, the run of emotions from, our guy's out in front and it's absolute elation when it looks like he's going to win and it all goes away in an instant. And then there's there the frustration and the disappointment and then the understanding and acceptance that this is what happens in racing sometimes. And then it's okay, deflate the tires, start packing up. We got to go. And it's just, it happens in such sequence and with such regularity. It's uh that's, that's the roller coaster of emotions. You just love riding. Yeah. You must see like, 
you have it firsthand. You're looking up on the pit boxes and seeing the leader get spun out and that leader's team on the pit box and their raw emotion from it. And, yeah. and as you say, post-race uh, and that sort of thing. And speaking to the whole family thing, uh, Fuel Media and, and the TSN and Bunch, you've been a part of that for a number of years now, so you guys have to be uh, uh, as close to being family as it gets too, eh, Todd? We, abso- we absolutely are. It's You don't spend as much time with the the people in the crew as you do without being close every people people do think and still say to this day and ask if joel robinson who's the the producer of the shows and ask if if we're brothers (laughs) if we're we're related so joel actually made up t-shirts a couple years ago that said you know i'm todd joel is not my brother or something like that it's just (laughs) it's but it's just that's we're we're that close it's and it's it's part of why we're able to do what we do too, because it's not it's not a large crew, it's not a large group. Uh, over the years, some people have have moved on to do other things and stuff, but it's just it's it's such a, a close group. You you travel on the roads. I mean, we've gone on the Western Swing. What we've done the in previous years is we travel out to the first race and we stay for a few days in between Saskatoon and Edmonton, and we you know, we do the road trip from one to the other and have a ball doing it and have a few laughs. There was a, a one year, a couple of years ago that, that Dave Bradley wasn't with us because he was, he was working and he couldn't make the road trip. We were texting him and asking him trivia questions along the way on our, <laughs> on our journey across the, the prairies into Edmonton. So he would reply back with answers. It was just, this was just how we were, how we were passing the time. And it's funny that occasionally if you you give someone else a ride on another team or or someone's spouse or or friend or whatever that's traveled to a race in the journey and you see them at the airport you just give them a ride wherever you're going if you got room and we'll get uh we'll get it'll get mentioned afterwards it's just oh thanks that that was so enjoyable i had a great experience and uh it was it was a lot of fun to to hang out with you guys and let's thanks we we enjoy it too but that's that's part of why we do this too so we're 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 fortunate enough to you know get paid a couple of dollars to do it but it's it's working with great people that you enjoy spending time with that makes all the difference in the world for sure and you guys you know making that trip out west now we have a series out west that i've actually been following on uh g-force tv mm-hmm. Happy motorsports and the rs1 series and all of a sudden started watching these videos and i recognized the voiceover was you um, so are you able to talk about the RS1 series? Because it looks sure. intriguing. Uh, I love Area 27. What a beautiful facility. And I'd yeah. love to know a little bit more about that series because, wow, does it look promising. It's uh, it's a really fun series. And it's uh, their their car count will be up to 20 this year. Awesome. They're, building, they're building more cars. They'll be up to 20 this year. They race at Area 27, which is a three-mile beautiful road course in the Okanagan Valley that uh, Trevor Siebert and Jacques Villeneuve talked about, and Trevor went out and did, you know, they all walked around. It's like, yeah, this kind of corner here, this kind of corner here, there's elevation changes, it's great. They're spec cars, they're all built by Avion. They're all exactly the same in terms of performance. So it's based on what the driver can do. And that's what determines how, uh, how successful you are. They raced 
uh, the Oval at Penticton Speedway, and they're going to race at Wyant Group Raceway this year. In fact, that's going to open their season in uh, in June. But it's a really it's a really fun series. It's growing really quickly. There's some other things that are starting to happen, and some of them are pretty significant. I can't tell you about yet, but I'll I'll promise I'll come back when they're they're ready to be publicized. But there's a lot of really good things happening with that series. And it's it's something I think that's overdue. You know, we did have in Cascar, they had the Western series that was out there mm-hmm. for many years. And then when, you know, NASCAR came in, it didn't really continue. So um, it's almost like that is the core that was still left over from the Western series and has built this back up again. Um, obviously, the NASCAR Pindy series goes out West. Um, they go, they went out East. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a main, I guess you'd say, hub in Ontario and Quebec. That is the majority of the teams, majority of the drivers. Uh, if you were going to go out West again, um, obviously we, we haven't gone to Sun Valley. Uh, I think it's called Motoplex now. I'm not even sure if it's still around. I, I hope it is, but um, would area 27 be something that you think the Pinty series could look at possibly running on in the future? I, I'd love to see it. Actually. I think it would be a real, a real fun challenge for the, for the Pinty series. I think the, the way to do it, is is to make a, a real western swing where say if you went to saskatoon if you went to edmonton and you went to area 27 and maybe did the oval at penticton speedway too if you did four races out there now again that presents all kinds of challenges right. do you, you know, because it's a long it's a be a long trip to do all at once how do how do you have enough crew how do you make it work logistically right. but yes i'd i'd love to see it that's that's the unique and challenging part about about motorsports in Canada is that you can't you can't go to a, a half a dozen or eight unique little tracks in a in a short proximity because the the country doesn't have the same kind of population although it's a bigger square footage than the United States so that's why it's 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 a regional series but it's a it's a cross Canada series too and it's a bit it's a bit challenging from the expense standpoint so that's um, it, it would be great even if there were there were enough teams out west to to, to kind of supplement with uh, mm-hmm. the Pinty series. Maybe there's a few part-time runners in the east. If you had a few more part-time runners in the west, and I know there's there's drivers out there that would like to do it. And again, it's kind of making all the economics work is the the difficult and challenging thing sometimes. But again, we'll we'll get through the the stuff that we have to get through, and I think we'll we'll start to move back in the right direction in the future. Yeah, we're going to be uh, in the rebuilding stage, moving into whatever 2021 holds schedule-wise. But as I said, uh, the 2020 season was uh, something of sort of an R&D session and figuring out what works and what doesn't. So that's all great to see. Do you see if it's pitched the right way, uh, an opportunity for some sponsors to get involved in the sport? 100%. I think it's uh, a great it's a great opportunity that if you, and and this is partly on the, the teams to do this too. They, this is part of the, the growing process and the learning process that some teams are better at it than others. Some teams have people that help them out and, and do this to go and seek and find sponsors. Now, 
again, you 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 can't just say here, give me a give me a five figure or six figure check, and I'll put you on the on the side of my race car. Well, that's great, but how does this help me with my business? How does this help me grow my business? Because that's mm-hmm. the objective for for these potential partners. You've got to be able to show them how you can benefit them. There there are ways to do it, and I I do believe that it can be. Uh, a very worthwhile investment for the right partner with the right team in the right series. And the, and there's a plan and it's not just about being on the race car. It's about all of the other things that go along with it. So you're on the race car. Are you going to be part of the broadcast and television coverage? Social media is such a, a big thing now with, with drivers and teams and in terms of influencing trends in society and purchasing power. So you have to have a social media presence. What opportunities are there for sponsor partner activation, whether it's a a giveaway or, or some sort of way to promote your product at events, or is the team going to do appearances at the sponsor's location to help them promote and attract a crowd? There's, there's all different kinds of ways to, to make it work, but there's, that's that's got to be part of the the approach of teams too when you're when you're looking for someone and asking them for for a significant amount of money even if it's not that significant even if it's only you know a five hundred dollars or something that's that's still a lot of money to me so if I'm going to give you five hundred dollars I want to know what you're gonna what you're gonna do with it how's it going to to benefit me so that's the that's the really key part and it's it's a challenge with so many so many other uh, so many other series so many different sports and different potentials for for partners to put their money into what do you think the selling point is if you're a team in canada that is so let's let's talk specifically let's let's say the pinty series sure you know you're one of the things that gretin and i you know uh we talk about a lot uh we we talk a lot let's just say uh that's that's why we're doing this and uh you know one of the things that i absolutely love to do is create fictional race cars for the nascar Mm -hmm. series with major corporations from Canada. What is the pitch to a corporate world? Because it isn't something that we really see anymore in our series. We saw it a lot with Cascar, but it seemed like there was this shift and then there was a lull. And we saw it, I think, in the Cup Series as well. And it seems like all of a sudden, there's been this huge uprising with some new sponsors coming into racing um, so what would you, how would you approach it to a, a corporate company? The big thing that everybody will tell you is, you know, the, I, I don't like, uh, I, I don't like uh, business terms and uh, the, the term of the moment or whatever, but everybody will use the ROI, which is return on investment. And that's, and that's the thing. If you can, if you're asking someone for uh, $500, $1,000, pick an amount, it doesn't really matter what it is. And, to fund a race team is a lot more than that. You know, $500 won't get you a set of tires and you're going to use a bunch of them through, through the weekend and through the season. So it costs a lot of money and it's, and that is a challenge. So if you're going to ask someone for a lot of money, you have to show them how you're going to give them a return for that money. Sure. That's great. that You have a, a billboard on your car, 
that's part of it. So people at the track, if you're having spectators, you will be able to see it on, on television. That's great. And, and, and Joel and the, the rest of the group, we try to, we try to do a good job in, in helping people that, Hey, I've got a, a sponsor on this weekend. Or if, uh, if, if we understand that somebody's, you know, really looking, we'll, we'll try and pay attention. We try to find good stories to, to tell about teams and, and drivers to make it captivating, to, to make it interesting as well. But that's the hard, the hardest part is you have to be able to show that. The good news with TV, you have ratings that you can show on social media and websites. You can track the the traffic on on a website, or you can find the engagement through social media, which is which is helpful. But these are all things that you have to present and say, hey, look, we have we have a thousand people that are watching this this show on uh, on on a weekly basis if you're doing a a show like this for instance if a team was to do a weekly update on on their social media channels and had a thousand people watching every week well that becomes of interest to someone who's got advertising and disposable dollars to spend and and to try to increase their business so it's that kind of thing that you need to you need to do to attract to attract wherever whether it's a small partner or even a, a larger one Todd, I'm going to lump in uh, a fan question sort of into my next question. Um, My buddy Brian, uh, at Brian3Dale on Twitter, um, wants to know, uh, what took you uh, to racing from radio? And uh, my spin on that also is, uh, how is your, uh, your new TV show? Uh, well, <laughs> the, the short version is they kicked me out of radio and, uh, <laughs> the longer version is, and I won't go too long, but the longer version is I was starting to do a couple of, this was back in the mid nineties. I was doing, I had a, I had a full-time radio gig and I was, I was doing a couple of races. That's when I started with, with Joel and his dad, Jim Robinson doing cast car at the time. And it was in 2000. I think, yeah, it was the year, yeah, the year 2000, uh, the company I was working for was in the process of being sold. And then eventually the transaction closed, the sale got approved because it all has to be approved by the government. So when the new owners came in, I don't know, a week or two weeks later, they it's, you know, new owner, we want our own people in. So they cleared out, I don't know, 40 or 50 of us at, uh, at the same time. And it's unpleasant and unsettling, but at the same time, I thought, well, if and, and I'd wanted to expand into to do more motorsports coverage. If, if this is going to happen, now's the opportunity to do it because I got a you know I got a little bit of a severance package, so I have a little bit of comfort for a while, and now's the time I'm going to have to to try to do this. So that's when I really started working uh, working in motorsports and working freelance for myself. So the way I I still do now. So that's how. Uh, that's how it involved. I got kicked out. Is how it's how it uh, is a little bit short. of a motivation, eh? <laughs> well, and that's kind of that's kind of it. It's just now's the opportunity. So I I don't really have a choice now, and I gotta you know I gotta eat every now and again. So I gotta I better find <laughs> something that I can I can do. And I've been I've been doing it and loving it ever since. And I always tell people if I if I can do this and not have to get a real job, then I'm I've won the game and I'm winning the I'm winning the game. So that's kind of what I'm doing right now. And to give your you a bit of an answer on your other question 
as uh, Cam's cat walks by. I think this is the third or always. That's okay. It's okay. It's all good. Always coming by. I'm I'm actually I'm really surprised that my dog Larry hasn't come through yet. So that's <laughs> that's an, that's inevitable before the end of this. She just she loves loves being on camera. I guess. Yeah. Well. So the other part, my the new TV show with on Rev TV Canada is called Rev Culture. And it's we're actually shooting more episodes next week, which nice. is great. It's um it's it's a really fun show. We're I'm I'm happy that we got to to do it. We talked about what we're gonna do and how we're gonna do it for a long time, but we wanna we wanna tell stories about Canadians in motorsports and their successes, their challenges, whether they're drivers, whether they're team members, whether they're their partners and sponsors, people that run and organize different series. So that's kind of uh, the approach that we're we're taking with it. So I'll I'll tip you off a little bit. And one of the one of the guests that uh, we're going to talk to next week is uh, is Daniel Morad, who ran in the nice. uh, the Rolex Twenty Four mm-hmm. and run in the the Pinty series a couple of times, and uh, Mark Wilkins, who ran in the IMSA Pilot nice. Challenge series as well, is also going to we're going to talk to him next week. So, and I got a, a couple of others as well. And this is it's we're starting slowly, and we're kind of starting to ramp up as we get closer to race season, and we see what kind of a year we're going to have here, but. Ideally, we're doing it on a, uh, a new show every week, starting probably a little bit later on in the spring. But it's fun, so thanks for asking, and I hope uh, uh, I hope everyone enjoys it. Rev Culture on Rev TV Monday nights at nine. It debuts and repeats several times. There you go, folks. There's the plug right there. It's perfect. Nice, absolutely perfect. So let's let's talk about that transition. Um, you know, being on pit road, you're you're on TV. You know, you come from radio what's yep. what how is it uh being in charge of your own show now uh it's a little it's a little uh challenging <laughs> to look after so many details um a lot of just to compare it to the to the pinty series i'm joel's the producer and looks after joel robinson looks after so many details that we, the rest of us on the crew don't have to think about, which makes our life a lot simpler. You know, it, it's has, has him going prematurely gray, but it's making our <laughs> life a lot simpler. So a lot of those details now in this show that I'm doing, I have to take care of and look after myself, whether it's uh, organizing and finding guests. I've been, you know, on the phone making and sending emails to book guests and schedule times to find B-roll to supplement the the interviews that we do so we can have some coverage and show some of the racers that and the races that they're in. So it's that kind of thing that's organized. It's a lot of a lot of detail stuff that you have to you have to take care of. So which is which is okay. I'm uh, I, I, I do also like uh, to be in control sometimes. So that's uh, that works out all right, too. The keyword was sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a, a fan question from KC on twitter um and you know we kind of kind of answered it during the bun sun segment but we'll we'll go over it a little bit more uh all the years you've been wearing the fire suit on pit road uh have you ever raced yourself or had the urge to and i'm gonna say the urge has probably been there yeah yeah the urge is definitely there it's um it's getting someone to hand over the the uh the wheel and say sure hop in my uh race car of you know 100 200 500 million dollars and and take it for a spin yeah. so it's i have done 
a few racing schools. I have done a few driver days, high performance. I've driven, I've driven open wheel cars. I've driven uh, stock cars. I drove this. This was one. This was a lot of years ago, but I got to do when the uh, when tobacco sponsorship was still part of motorsports years ago. Uh, players and the players racing team organized a day for um, for some of us to go out and the players team drivers were the instructors for the day which was a gas so it was, uh, it was lee bentham jf dumoulin was there as a matter of fact oh, wow. and uh and and a whole bunch of others including the late greg moore who was there and mm. had a it was a he he had a wicked sense of humor and he was a lot of fun. So, and I'll tell you the Greg Moore story too. So Greg always rented uh, a big fast, not, not a high performance car, but a big luxury car with a big motor in it. And this day, I believe it was a Lincoln sedan that he had, which had a ginormous V8 in it and was very, uh, very powerful. And Greg liked to drive quickly. And he liked to accelerate quickly. So on this day, he took the rental car back and he did this uh, in, at the, the day we did our school. And he told me he did it a number of other times. He stopped and had to buy a new right rear tire for that car before <laughs> back because he wore it out. And that is my favorite story. I love that story. Just that is wear the out a best. <laughs> Oh my God, I miss that guy so much. Uh, Isn't that something? Yeah. Gotta love Bernard. The very first racing hero was was Greg Moore. So to hear that uh, is is so cool. Uh, Todd, <laughs> we, we uh, you know, I, I want to say just a little bit. Uh, I, I, I feel like I used to hear you on calls for the Molson Indy way back. I want to say, did Global TV ever do the... And were you part of, you were part of that? Yes. In Jim mm-hmm. Taddy, I want to say. Am I with, right? With Jim the tat man, Jim Taddy. Yes, oh, guy. Yeah. Well, yes, because um, it was 2000, it was 2001 when the the rights switched from CBC to Global and they, they had not announced who their announcing crew was going to be. And this was the time that I was trying to get in and, and do more motorsports. So I called Global TV and said, hey, so I'm looking for uh, the person in charge of, uh, of, of this. Thankfully, the, uh, the receptionist, whoever, whoever answered the phone, put me through to someone, um, was not there. Uh, I, got, uh, I got, I don't know if it was the station manager or somebody's voicemail. And they, and again, huge stroke of luck, again, called me back. I was I was at work and they left me a voicemail message of who the producer was of the telecast. So I was able to call. It was uh, the man's name was Ed Milliken, and Ed's retired now. And but uh, Ed um, Ed Ed produced a lot of hockey. The company, the broadcast company, it was a Molson India. It was Molstar Productions, and Ed was a producer. And he said, "Well, I don't know. I pretty much got my crew locked up. I don't know. I'm you know I'll I'll sit and talk to you though. When do you want to When do you want to talk to me? I said anytime you want. He said, "Well, I'm leaving town tomorrow. I said I'll be in this afternoon. So I went in. We had a a chat and an interview. And I left thinking I have no hope in getting this gig. And just, just because I'd never done IndyCar before. And he, you know, a couple of days later, again, it was, uh, it was voicemail, left me a message that, yeah, okay, I'll hire you. You're going to be one of my pit reporters. Wow. So yeah, I had a huge horseshoe hanging around me uh, somewhere (laughs) that day. Well, 
the reason I brought that up is that was my introduction to racing was uh, every year we would watch the Molson Indy. And mm-hmm. I, for whatever reason, I always remember Jim Taddy and Todd Lewis from, from uh, the, the, the good old cart days. Um, uh, I was a big fan. Jim Taddy and Chris McClure and Jan Bikas would, uh, would work with us as well. So that was the other, oh yeah, it was a, it was a really good group, really fun. We did Toronto, we did Montreal and we did Vancouver for a number of years. It was a, it was an, an awful lot of fun. So we, we really wish that we could continue for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> um, and we probably could because the stories have been phenomenal. Um, you came up uh, in, in one of our discussions as one of the first guests we wanted to get. And, um, you know, you got your show. So we wanted to give you a little bit of time. <laughs> to deal Appreciate with that. that. Yeah. Always looking for free, free publicity. That's always good. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Um, and, uh, you know, you actually had a part in this show happening, whether you realize it or not. Um, you and I spoke at Jucasa in 2019. Mm-hmm. And you said that if you're passionate enough to just go for it. And as long as you like it, you know, and as you're passionate about it, people will, will see that. And uh, so this show's continued from that. And uh, we're, we're, we're just so, so psyched to have you on the show. Like we, we definitely want to have you on again. Uh, Graydon, uh, take it from here before I start. Well, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. Todd, uh, uh, Owen and Riley, uh, we're super excited. Uh, I mean, over the years, uh, as we've seen you guys at the races, uh, when we, uh, pop up and say hi. So once, uh, once I said that we had, uh, Joel coming on and Adam and Dave, and now yourself, uh, it's been a great time for them. Uh, it hasn't been too hard, uh, making questions up to ask you. So, uh, thanks very much for your time. Uh, all the best with, uh, with your, uh, uh TV show and hopefully we'll see you this summer. I uh, appreciate it. Happy to join you guys anytime. It was, uh, thank you for the nice, nice words and nice compliments too, Cam. That was, uh, that was really nice. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that you, you, you listened and you, and you followed it. I, I, I always, I always worry that sometimes I don't, spend enough time or talk to people enough at the racetrack because I'm, I'm I'm sometimes busy but don't worry about anybody if you're if you're hesitant to stop me and say hello or, or whatever then then please do it's it's, it's always all right and I, I may not be able to spend a lot of time but I will and I'm happy to do it so and I'm happy to come back and join you guys anytime thanks for having me well guys definitely fan side if you've you know you tune in for us you have to tune in rev tv canada watch rev culture like I said, Mondays at nine. Mondays at nine. With with Todd Lewis, Canada's pit reporter. Thank you to Remax Jack for sponsoring this episode. And we will see you guys next time for another episode of Fansite on RaceCanada.world and YouTube. Thanks for listening, race fans. Time to enjoy some wings and some racing. We'll catch you next week on Race Canada Fanside. Don't forget you can find Cam on social media at Cam K Racing. At Cam K Racing. Or Graydon on Twitter at, at Smooth, Smooth Operator. Operator.